to win spiritual battles, the Apostle Paul instructed to put on all of God's armor. Problem is, most people have no idea what this really means. But you're about to see it literally in a way that gives you instant victory. This is the Shut Up Devil Show, and I am Kyle Winkler, helping you shut down the lies and the struggles that hold you back from all the good stuff that God has for you. Okay, Proverbs says that if you listen to constructive criticism, that you'll be at home among the wise. That means that criticism isn't always bad. Not saying you should listen to it all. I don't listen to it all. But sometimes your critics do have a point. And sometimes you don't stay offended for too long. Their criticism might actually be a key to something that changes everything. That's what happened to me about a decade ago while studying the armor of God. I went into my study with what I always believed about the armor. I find that it's kind of the traditional view, basically, that I have to strive in some way to put it on. Well, around that time, I posted a little Facebook message about the importance of suiting up in God's armor to fight the enemy. That's when an atheist commented on my post. And he said, if your God is so loving, then why are you always talking about weapons and warfare and fighting? Now, I knew this guy. I knew his comment wasn't a question, it was an accusation. And I did what most people do when they get accused. I got defensive, wanted to use the armor against him in that moment. <laughs> but then I got introspective. And I went back into the Word, and I started to study everything about the armor. And through this process, God led me to some truths that changed everything for me. That's what God does in his own way and in his own time. He ends up showing us and renewing our minds according to what we need to know. But what he did, what he showed me, really even changed the trajectory of my message and ministry. So let's go into the passage, and I'll walk you through what I discovered. The armor of God is found in Ephesians 6. I'll read the first part, then we'll go back and break it all down. Starting in verse 10, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Verse 13. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor, so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after the battle, you will be standing firm. Verse 14. Stand your ground. And then he goes through a list of six different pieces 
of armor, which we're going to go through in just a few minutes. But if you've been in the faith for a little while, you've undoubtedly heard this passage of Scripture. But I'm going to clue you into some things that maybe you've never seen before. Things I didn't see for many years. And it starts with the very first part of the first verse there. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Now that should be obvious, and maybe it is to you. But for me, dealing with issues and struggles and battles, spiritual warfare stuff, was always more about what I did and what I could do. It was more about me, what I did, what I didn't do, all this striving, all this work and effort. So right up front, Paul says that it really has nothing to do with us. It's about Jesus. The second thing Paul says is really key to everything else. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. There are two words here that I came to understand. First is put on. Again, to me, that always sounded like something to do. Kind of like behavior modification. I never knew exactly how to do it. But I was sure that it was some process that I needed to do. It isn't. Put on is the Greek word in duo, which simply means to accept something as your own. Paul uses that word throughout his letters, put on and clothe. It's the same word in duo. Believe that it's yours. That's what it means. Simple as that. And this idea fits perfectly with the next word in that verse that I want to look at, which is stand. And really, that's a word Paul uses like three times in the next three or four verses. He says, stand, stand, stand therefore. Not fight, run, or wrestle, but stand. So having said all of this so far, I want to make sure that I'm clear and you're seeing all of this as we go along. So I want you to see the contrast between what I once believed and what I now know to be true. This might ring your bell. I used to believe that the armor of God was a means of striving or doing something to fight the devil. After properly understanding these first two verses, I know now that it's about standing in, resting in is another word to say it what God has provided. Like I said, knowing this right up front is the key to understanding everything else about the armor. It changes how you see every piece of it. And in just a minute, I'm going to walk you through all the six pieces that Paul went on to describe. But first, you need to know why Paul used pieces of armor as his illustration. He wasn't being militant. He wasn't suggesting we be militant like that atheist on my social media thought. He was being relatable. You see, this is all part of his letter to the church at Ephesus. These were not Jewish people. The city of Ephesus was a major Greek city that became occupied by the Romans. So largely, these were Gentile people in Ephesus 
who would have been raised around Roman soldiers marching and stationed all around them. So Paul did what any good preacher does. He used concepts from their culture, things they would have been very aware of, things they most likely saw every day. So Paul used the pieces of a Roman soldier's uniform to relate truths to them about what really protects them, what they're really clothed in, who they are and what they have as believers. Now let's look at the pieces, starting in verse 14. He says, stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth. Now, for each of these pieces, I'm going to show you a screenshot from my Armor of God e-course, which includes a replica of what these pieces looked like. So, here's the belt. It's also sometimes called the girdle because of how it wrapped around the soldier's waist. It protected both the lower digestive area and the reproductive area. Well, Paul uses the belt to illustrate how the truth of Jesus protects our spiritual, digestive, and reproductive functions. You know, the enemy is called the father of lies. He particularly lies to undermine who you are in Christ. The devil knows that if you swallow his lies, if he can really get them into you, they'll be digested and sent throughout the rest of you. Fear will become a parasite that eats you up with doubts and what ifs. Swallow pity, you'll live pitifully. Believe you're a horrible, awful, no good sinner at your core. And well, that's just what you're going to continue to produce through your attitudes and actions and all throughout the rest of you. There's a reason why the word lies is inside of the word paralyze, because that's what lies do. They will paralyze you. Well, Paul said that it's the truth of who Jesus is and who you are in him. That's your protection against the enemy's threats, lies, and accusations. When your life is girded by the truth of Christ, then you know that who you are is defined by who he is, accepted and valued, right and whole. Therefore, the devil's lies can't take root in you to spread through you, to reproduce out of you. Truth is the foundation of everything else, of all the other pieces of the armor, and that's why Paul listed it first. By the way, as I go through these articles, I'm just scratching the surface of what I cover much more in depth in my Armor of God e-course. I devote a full lesson to each one of the articles. In this message, I can only hit the highlights. So check out the e-course if you're interested in the in-depth messages here. This is the overview. But the concept that I just mentioned about believers being right before God, that's what the next article of the armor reflects. Literally reflects. I'll show you. Paul says, stand your ground putting on the body armor of God's righteousness. Some versions say the breastplate of righteousness. The soldier's breastplate was made of scales of bronze or iron that you see there in the photo on your screen. They wrapped around the soldier's torso. And all this metal made it the most beautiful piece of the armor because as they moved, it reflected the sun. And as Paul says, the breastplate represents God's righteousness. Again, I must pause for clarification. It says God's righteousness. 
And this is probably the hardest thing for people to understand. Anytime I teach on this piece, people always want to go back to our righteousness, self-righteousness, and make it about everything that we do that protects us. They'll say, and I've said it before too, but you'll hear people say, if you live righteous enough, which usually means follow a bunch of rules and practice a bunch of methods of self-discipline. If you do that, then the enemy won't be able to accuse you, so you'll be protected. No, you'll be destroyed. Because that's what living that way does. Living according to law and do's and don'ts and rule-keeping and self-discipline. The Apostle Paul said, you can't do it. It's impossible as humans. It's why the Jewish law didn't work to make anybody right before God. It was meant to cause failure so they would see their need for Jesus. Humans can't perfectly uphold any law, which is why Jesus came to make us right himself. Do not depend on perfect behavior to keep the devil away. That's only going to keep the devil more near. Because he's going to tell you to do something knowing that you're going to fail. And then when you fail, he's going to come back and say, oh, look what you've done. You're a horrible person. And around and around it goes. It's a slick trick of the devil to make you think your works can protect you. He wants to make you work harder and strive to be better. Get you more under law, as I said, knowing that you can't perfectly live up to it all. So you fail again around and around. It goes, well, the way to get you off the merry-go-round of performance and condemnation is to know your righteousness in Christ, that you have been made right. This, after all, was the crux of Paul's theology in many of his letters. To the Corinthians, he said, he who knew no sin became our sin so that we might become his righteousness. To the Romans, in Romans 3.22, he said, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. To the Ephesians, just a couple chapters earlier, he tells believers to put on the nature of Jesus, which is truly right and holy. Well, the breastplate was made to especially protect the heart, which biblically speaking is the core of the person. And that's exactly what your righteousness in Christ protects too. It protects who you are. It actually is who you are. That's what protects you from the devil's slander and all the guilt and condemnation that goes with it. Because it assures you that even despite everything that might be wrong with you in the flesh or in the emotions, that you are right with God because of Jesus. That there's nothing you have to do or even can do to make you more right or get you more right. The moment you said yes to Jesus, God's righteousness was put on you and can't be taken off of you. Even better, actually, it is you. The Bible says you were made right. That's not a symbolic change. That's an actual change. Talked more about that in my message on There's Nothing Wrong With You. Check that one out in the podcast. But your protection against the enemy in everyday life comes from standing in the truth that you reflect Jesus. Righteousness is the reflection of the sun, the S-O-N. Moving on to the third article of the armor, and I'm not going to spend as much time on the rest of these because they're all ultimately rooted in the first two that we just went through. In Ephesians 6.15, Paul says, For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. 
Some translations call them shoes of peace. Here are those shoes on the screen. What made them significant is what was on the bottom of them. If you flip them over, you'd see they have chunks of rock in them to help the soldier as they marched on whatever terrain. Cleats, basically. Paul says these shoes represent that peace that comes from the good news. What peace is he talking about? Peace on earth? The absence of troubles? That everything is calm around you? Not at all. Otherwise, we'll be waiting until he comes back to have that. No, he's talking about the peace that comes from the gospel. That's what he says there. The peace that comes from the good news. That's what fully prepares you. You see, the gospel says that your sin debt has been paid by Jesus' sacrifice, which is what makes you right. That truth about who you are then gives you the ultimate peace, which gives you confidence and makes you prepared for whatever you face or do, knowing that God's got you. You're qualified and you're good. Go on and do whatever he asks you to do. Now, I know you've had moments where you've really blown it. And then you think, oh, now I can't host that Bible study. Now I can't do this thing in church or whatever. Because I'm not clean enough. I'm not good enough. I've messed up too much. Look what I've done. <laughs> well, if that, the devil has his way, he'll always make you feel that way so that you don't do anything. But knowing who you are in Christ provides you with the assurance that you are good with God. Therefore, you are qualified to be used at any time in any way that God wants. Peace with God keeps you moving on regardless of what the ground looks like. And that only comes from the gospel of Jesus Christ. Speaking of moving on, on to peace number four. In verse 16, he goes on to say, in addition to all of these, Hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery darts of the devil. Here's what that shield would have looked like. The shield was big, big enough to cover the soldier if he crouched under it. It could also help cover a group of people if they all put their shields together in what was called a tortoise formation. I talk more about that in the e-course. But Paul mentioned that it stops fiery arrows. Well, that's a great way to say it. Because like fire catches on and spreads through whatever it touches and consumes whatever it can, that's what the enemy wants his doubt and deceit to do. He doesn't only want to cause you pain and grief, but he wants to get his doubt and deceit to spread into distrust in God. That's his ultimate goal because that's what's behind so many of our mind games. But when you know the truth about God, and you know that he has made you right in Christ and the peace that that all brings, then you can use that assurance that God is good and you are good with God. That's faith. You can use that assurance to block the doubts and what-ifs and why God kind of questions that the devil wants to consume you with. Faith in who God is and who you are in him protects you. It assures you that you are not what you feel, you are not what you fear, you are not how you fail. It assures you that Jesus makes up for every area in which you're insufficient. So when the devil tries to tell you otherwise, your faith in Jesus 
deflects those lies like a shield. Like I said, there's so much more to this, like how it works to help out other people, but we've got to move on. Piece number five, in verse 17, Paul says, put on salvation as your helmet. So here's the helmet, similar enough at least to what Paul referenced. Well, obviously, the helmet goes on the head to protect the head. And there's no revelation to anybody that the head represents the mind, which includes our thoughts and our beliefs. You've probably heard that the mind is the devil's playground. That's where he interjects his lies to try to get down into the rest of you to be digested and go out throughout the rest of you. That's where most of our battles stem, right here in the mind. Insecurity, fear, offense, everything really. Single thought dropped into there can effectively silence you or shut you down. A lot of us have experienced that too many times to tell. That's why Paul tells us to remember our salvation. To keep our minds renewed to what we have because of Jesus. To what salvation means about us things that we've already gone through, that we are made new and made right and made whole and made holy, that we are at peace with God. Essentially, what Paul warns here is that the devil is out to attack our concept of who God is and who we are in him. I've been saying that. He's out to put the very benefits that we receive because of salvation into question. So he's simply saying, Paul is simply saying, Remember who you are and what you have because of salvation. And then he concludes with an easy way to help remember who you are, which is the sixth piece of the armor. Still in verse 17, he says, Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, when I teach on the armor like this, which I like to do at least once a year, I like to bring the sword to life by pulling out a real sword. So here it is. Something like this, a double-edged sword, is what Paul was likening the Word of God to as a means of protection. And this gets so revealing. So stay with me here. When Paul says, take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, He's not talking specifically about the Bible. I know we call the Bible the Word of God, and it is. Paul didn't know about the Bible. He knew about the Torah, of course, and he knew about other Jewish books. But there was really no Bible until much later when the church put all the letters together in one place. And besides... If he were specifically mentioning the written scripture, that was a different Greek word for that. He didn't use a word for written word. The word he used for word here is rhema, which is the revelation of God. Rhema is Jesus himself and the revelation of what he accomplished. Well, the way a soldier used a sword was both defensively during an attack, but he also preferred to use it offensively to keep attacks away in the first place. They do it by waving their swords in the air. 
at an enemy off in the distance, basically saying, I am armed and dangerous, you better stay back. Well, that's how we're to use the revelation of Jesus, which, yes, we now have in our Bibles to protect us. We have so much truth in here that tells us who we are and what we have. But the way we do it, the way it protects us, is in the moment of a lie, we think on and speak, remember, confess, meditate on, whatever you want to call it, who God is and who we are, everything we've been saying, because of truth, because of righteousness, that which gives us peace, that which is our faith, that which is our salvation, it's Jesus. By proactively keeping our minds and mouths renewed to the truth of Jesus, we help to keep many attacks from happening in the first place. We tell that devil, no, 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 your lies aren't going to work on me, so you might as well not even try because I know who I am and what I have in Christ. And there it is. That's the truth about the armor of God. It's Jesus. And as a Christian, you already have him. He's in you. Just remember that. Okay. Like I said, those are very shortened teachings on each piece of the armor. I dedicate a full lesson to each of these articles in my Armor of God e-course. I know many of you are wondering how to access it. And you can do that instantly, by the way. Here's a little bit about the e-course, then I'll be right back. Are you in the middle of a mental, emotional, or spiritual struggle? Here's some good news. God has provided a way to beat that battle today. Yes, you have access right now to spiritual armor, complete with six supernatural weapons that ensure victory in any circumstance. Ready to powerfully access and activate this armor? I've created an in-depth, interactive e-course to show you how. The Armor of God e-course includes six dynamic video lessons in which I reveal how to effectively use the weapons outlined in Ephesians 6 to radically shift from chaos to calm, fear to faith, sorrow to joy, and battle to triumph. It's an eye-opening, illustrated exploration of the Armor of God that unlocks all the victory Jesus died to give you. This e-course isn't just something you watch, but it's an immersive experience with which you interact. Each lesson includes a 16-minute video teaching, a lesson guide with reflection questions and application tips, and a discussion forum where I interact with you. The Armor of God e-course is available for you to join in on today. Simply visit kylewinkler.org armor to get started. And because the sixth lesson e-course streams entirely online, there's nothing you have to wait for to arrive. Begin instantly from any internet-connected computer, tablet, or smartphone, and continue at your own pace from wherever you are. You no longer have to be under attack, but you can live on the attack. And I wanna show you the way. Join me now to discover how to access and activate the armor of God to beat your battles today. Visit kylewinkler.org armor to get started and I'll see you there. Friend, remember, 
Your greatest protection against the enemy isn't about what you can do, but it's about who you are and what you have because of what Jesus has already done. Stand in that, rest in that, and you'll live in peace and joy and victory. And that does it for the Shut Up Devil Show. Remember, God is good and he is for you. And we're here for you too. Every week on my website at kylewinkler.org, on our podcast, and wherever you get your social media. Don't forget, wherever you're watching or listening, to tap that subscribe or follow button so that you never miss a show. And I'll see you next time.